This is a previously recorded episode. And we would like to welcome you to LizDetroit.com, the first Detroit-centered podcast regarding real estate in the city and what's going on. I'd like to introduce you to Elizabeth Tentinelli. Say hi, Liz. Hello, everyone. We are very excited to start this podcast. There are many different questions about what's going on in Detroit, um, especially Detroit real estate. There's myth and there's fact. Liz has been with us for a while, and she is going to articulate exactly what is going on specifically and how it can benefit you and benefit her clients. If you're looking for us on social media, on Twitter, you can find us at Liz in Detroit. That's L-I-Z-I-N-D-E-T-R-O-I-T. On Facebook, it is LizInDetroit.com. And the website, of course, is www.LizInDetroit.com. And with that, I really am honored to introduce you to Elizabeth. We all call her Liz. So, Liz, tell us a little bit about your history. Tell us where you came from and how you got there. Well, I definitely um, am very proud to say that I am a native Detroiter. Growing up in the area now known as Lafayette Park, or always known as Lafayette Park, um, from the age of two, I was, or I should say the, the time I was able to walk, I was walking the streets of, of Detroit either in hand by babysitter or with friends in the neighborhood. So um, I was very fortunate to be able to explore the city um, back in the late 70s um, and know and appreciate it for the community that it had back then. Um, fast forward to my years in college, spent time out in Colorado and was actually planning on moving to New York after school and came home for a brief stint planning on um, just saving up money to move to New York and actually live with my sister when I fell into a position for real estate with a friend that I grew up with. And everything at that point seemed to click. You know, I was in a position in my life where I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, wanted to try a new experience and thought that meant that I had to leave the city. And I fell into this position of helping out a friend and on a conversion project along the Detroit Riverfront called Indian Village Manor. And I just realized this is what I meant to be and this is what I meant to do was actually to sell real estate. So it felt like it was a poignant time in my life where here I am um, selling the city of Detroit that I love so much and I know so well having grown up there. So it's kind of been fantastic to, to continue to say that I can do that now. And especially when times are as great as they are right now in the marketplace and seeing so much vibrancy come back in the city. Where where specifically, where did you go to high school? Went to high school actually at Wiley E. Groves, Birmingham, <laughs> Michigan. Um, actually, high school, uh, my mom was working originally at the Detroit General and then the Detroit C- Receiving Hospital and then switched to William Beaumont. So she waited um, to move the family when I started high school. So just for four years, attended um, school out in the Burbs, um, and then, of course, left for college and then moved back right there. Well, tell me a little bit about that, because it's uh, not unusual to leave the city or leave the state and go away to college. You went to Colorado, which is a gorgeous, beautiful area. Uh, Where did you go to school? What were you looking to major in at that point? Originally, I was planning on majoring in... uh, Marine biology, kind of crazy. Yeah, I was actually very close to uh, getting an internship at Woods Hole Bay Aquarium when I was thinking that I was going to 
go into marine biology. And uh, yeah, life changed. Uh, as I got through school, I didn't like the sciences more and more and really fell in love with language and English and just ended up finishing with um, an English major. Um, <clears throat> as many English majors are who aren't writers, you don't really know what you're going to do when you graduate. So I was thankfully very fortunate to have that chance to grow and experience life outside of the city of Detroit, which I think changed my life for the better. And it only made me appreciate when I decided to come back and eventually stay um, all the more because it just, I, I think that time away enabled me to really realize how great it was growing up in the city of Detroit. Um, I think if I'd stayed in an in-state college, I think I would have been among the many that, you know, um, you know, would relocate after school and not stay in the city. So I think it was, I was fortunate to have that time away to realize how great it was to be here. And what was the catalyst that had you move back to the state, move back to the city? Um, I knew that I wanted to be a part of, of the vibrancy of everything in the city, like the noises, the, the dirt, the grit, all of that is what I loved growing up with experiencing. But now over the age of 21, it was a whole completely different focus. Like I grew up walking the streets of Greek town and playing video games at second flight and walking to Hart Plaza in the summer. Um, and that was as a young kid. So now being of drinking legal age, it was kind of like a whole new world had opened up. So I got to see a whole other part of the city that, you know, I thought I knew. But that's what's so great about Detroit. It's like I'm always finding new ways to love it and experience it. What did you love most about Colorado before you came back? Oh, Colorado. <laughs> it, it, I, the weather was fantastic. Just the the air, you know, how it's thinner. So you, you get uh, used to the altitude change. So I, you can't help but be healthy as much as you may drink. But you can still be healthy and drink a lot. Right. Um, it was just beautiful. I don't know. It was just a perfect time in my life to just explore and experience as much as I possibly could. I was in a sorority. Um, you know, I was a social chair, you know, in, in schools and in, in, in various classes, you know, thankfully changing out of sciences more in the English and the liberal arts. I really found a knack for, um, you know, expression and writing and reading. And uh, I, I feel as if that helped mold me to like the um, – more, I guess the having the idea of of that it's never too late to learn and experience things, and that's what life's all about. Like you cannot stay rigid in what you think you should be doing, and you have to be open to the different changes that life gets you, gives you rather. So you come back. Um, you know, obviously you're heavily involved in real estate right now, but drilling just a little bit deeper. Tell me about some of the jobs that you've held before you went into real estate. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I first moved back, you know, I wasn't, again, sure what I wanted to do and know I wanted to save up money for this potential move to New York. So I had a great job with the former limousine company called Taylor Winfield Limousine Company. Uh, that was right at the corner of Martin Luther King and um, Cass. And that was a fabulous six months of driving all around Metro Detroit um, from ver the various airports located in Wayne County and the northern suburbs to doing a lot of automotive driving, and it was just fantastic. Some of the guys that I worked with were old-timers and been doing this for decades, and here I am, this short little five-foot um, <laughs> white girl, 
you know, driving Ford and GM and Chrysler executives around because that was some of our big clients, not to mention some people in the movie industry. And I was fortunate enough to be given some of their high-end clients because they're like, let's give the girl a chance. And so some of these guys gave me their their regular clients, which happened to be, you know, not to name drop, but I drove around um, George Clinton. That was fantastic with uh, P-Funk All-Stars. That was probably one of my greatest trips. And he actually invited me to come back after the show, and I was stupid enough and said, no, I wanted to be <laughs> responsible. Um, I also drove around Jeff Daniels, who was very private. He always had his headphones on when I would pick him up from the airport, but... I could tell then it made me like him all the more because every time I picked him up, he, I was dropping him off at uh, his kid's hockey arena to play hockey. Um, but that was it was just such a great time. Like uh, it was unbelievable that I, that I had that brief experience um, and it was really great. I had a couple of uh, famous singers that I took around. Um, 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 uh Brian McKnight was one of the clients I took around. That was a pretty story. I won't talk that much about that one. That was a funny ride. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, ever, I remember one of the, the, the most poignant um, people I drove around that I can happy to say that I still know today, or I should say re-met today, was when Wayne State was interviewing for new presidents of the university. I got to take around um, many of the applicants when they were being interviewed, and one of which was um, Irving Reed who is many people who know um, was poignant in transforming the whole environment of Wayne State, as at least, at least that's my impression, into an outstanding university that has now grown so much in development. Um, and it, you know, and I remember being asked then, "Oh, you should come back to school and consider going to Wayne for grad school." And it was kind of interesting because I thought, "Here I am, this lost soul who needs guidance," and. I've come to re, you know um, run into Mr. Reed again um, in downtown because he has um, investment properties in the city and lives in a building, and we cross paths again, and it's just like, do you remember when? And it was kind of great that he kind of remembered me from so many years before. You know, the funny thing about that, I was yeah. at a Commodore Ball out in Oakland County this weekend, and that was one of the questions that somebody asked me, hey, do you know Dr. Reed? only because they knew of the work that you were doing at the Park Shelton, which we'll get into later. So it's funny that you mention him again. So you are out there. You're this five foot two limo driver. You're <laughs> working with the, um, the elite. And then real estate comes along. Tell me exactly how you got into real estate. A good friend of the family um, who herself was a pr- prominent um, artist um, moved back to Michigan and um, – Got into real estate because her mother, um, Shirley Vasliff, um, also owner, broker of Vasliff Realty, um, had was working on a sales project with the Farben Group um, called Indian Village Manor. And she desperately wanted to have an assistant by her side to assist with the sales. It was an 89-unit project that was being converted from apartments to condos and knew that I was looking for something. And, uh, yeah, I... I was working initially as her assistant and um, realized how much I loved it and got my real estate license and was working hand-in-hand with her, with her in the sales. And it was a point in time in the city when we hadn't seen a whole lot of activity um, in the condo market. And it was kind of like the start of this gradual uh, wave um, of development and conversion projects in the city. And it was just kind of, it fit in so well. Um, I thankfully have the background 
from a mother who's a physician and a father who's a former teacher and opened up his own business to really know the meaning of service. And um, sales is very much like that. You're serving your clients. And I just feel as if that kind of that whole aspect of real estate is kind of what made me feel as if it was such a good fit because that's such a big part of what I enjoy doing is helping others. So you're into that now. How long How long have you been a real estate agent? Well, actual license agent probably since 98, but been doing real estate since, since 1997. So I've definitely had the experience of seeing quite a bit. Um, for one, very few people, you know, um, were even wanting to work in real estate within the city of Detroit to sing to where it is now where – you know, suburban realtors who never thought that they'd give the the city a chance or now um, biting at the chance to list and sell properties in the city. Now that as grateful I am, it's a lot harder to do that sale. So you're in, you're looking at Detroit. Detroit sometimes has that negative connotation where people believe that there are burnt out houses, that these are just shells that are out there. So you've decided on Detroit and you formed before we get into that, exactly how long has Liz and Detroit.com been operational? Good question. I think I established Liz and Detroit probably, gosh, the website itself maybe in 2009. Gosh, I should know this. <laughs> this is like a me fact. Mm-hmm. Around, yeah, 2009, um, I was working with several niche um, brokerages up until joining um, Real Estate One in 2007. So it was upon making that change, um, a great change, which just opened my eyes to all aspects of real estate and really fine uh, tuning the the art, the job, the the um, skills. I think one everyone needs, you know, to be a good agent. Um, it came more paramount to really focus in on defining who I am and what it is I do. And it's always, it's been a growing process even even still and you know um, knowing as you know as the market changes as things change in the business just like how do I keep on defining or redefining myself to make sure I'm still relevant and what I have to offer is still relevant. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why you decided to do a podcast to reach out to a wider audience, um, a more technological, technologically advanced audience, somebody that understands. So with that being said, the market that you're trying to reach, tell me a little bit about what's going on with the real estate market in Detroit. We've heard many different things, specifically you know, with the new loan program coming out with the city of Detroit and through the state. Now, tell me what your thought is of where the property, where's the money going right now? I think there's, um, there's opportunities for – Purchasing and investing in the city in in various different areas, um, not just in the heart. Um, I think the main city core, how I would probably refer to as like the Woodward and in Jefferson corridors, I think um, will definitely see the most strength in revitalization with um, where we're seeing development, most of which of the next couple years is going to be primarily um, new rental communities to um, add to the inventory that we're sadly missing in that regard. Um, And I think more of the purchase side will come in time. It's still a bit of a struggle um, from a development standpoint to get the financing in place to do a lot of the larger scale um, 
for sale developments that we all want to see and that I believe that there is a strong population of people that will pay um, you know, a higher dollar for that kind of product. Of the so, amount of deals that you're doing right now, how many would you say are financed versus cash? I definitely say more than 80% of the deals that I do are more financed than they are cash. Even in and, the city? Um, even in the city. Um, I would say more so now I've dealt with more finance deals because we've been able to get through a lot of the hurdles regarding um, financing and appraisals. It's still an issue depending upon the, the area of the city of Detroit. But I'm, I've thankfully sided with a lot of or, or chosen to work with lenders that have a strong grasp on the downtown market that can make those deals happen. And that's you know paramount in I feel being successful because there's only so many people that will be willing to pay cash regardless of the amount on something. Most people want to be able to take advantage of the lower interest rates that we're still seeing now um, rather than spending all of their money if they don't have to. Well, with that, one of the major products that projects that you have going on right now is that you are the exclusive agent for the Park Shelton downtown. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me where you started. Tell me where you're at right now. Um, a little over a year ago in November, I had the fortune of speaking with the developer of the Park Shelton, and there was a need for making some um, changes um, regarding their marketing of the building. And coming from a background of you know of real estate development and working hand in hand with developers, kind of gave me a leg up with being able to be a very good choice to spearhead the remaining developer-owned units at the Park Shelton. Um, the building began its conversion in 2004, and as many projects faced when we saw the decline of our market in 08 and 09, you know, had to cease the sales because the first thing that dropped off was the availability of a lot of the financing, and we saw price points drop considerably. So um, of the remaining inventory that hadn't sold, the developer was smart because there was a need for rental property. So they finished what inventory they didn't sell and turned it into rental property um, and were successful because at the time it was before Wayne State had built their dorms. So there really wasn't a whole lot of um, housing opportunity, um, you know, very close to campus. So it met a need um, through that time period when there wasn't a whole lot of inventory and Thankfully, um, they were able to buy a whole lot of time during the downturn of the market with keeping um, those units occupied and keeping income coming through. And as we saw, really the, the change occur about 18 months ago with things changing with the marketplace, um, we were fortunate enough to be able to put these units on the market and have actually been able to see a couple of price increases as, as things have been improving so much with um, the demand within the city. So as it stands today, we have about 23 units left to sell out of original tally of about 70 units. That's fantastic. And as we go along, um, your podcast, you know, we're going to be out probably at least twice a month. You're going to be the primary voice. We're going to bring in guests. We're going to have a call-in number. So if people have questions, they'll be able to talk to you. Your email is? LT at LizInDetroit.com. And what is the best phone number to contact you at? Of course, my cell. And that number is 313-617-2699. Looking forward to talking with you later on today. Liz, 
Thank you very much. We will see all of you very soon. Thank you. Thank you. I also wanted to make a personal note. Um, my dear friend Christian Draheim, Draheim of The Infatuations was kind enough to let me use one of their fabulous songs as my intro. So just another plug of all things great Detroit. Thanks again, and we'll see you or talk to you again soon. This is a previously recorded episode of